This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He put, oh, he's the worst up the right sideline. Yeah, he's got to go. He's tackled. Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their first FCS championship. Welcome to the Small College Podcast from Dave Campbell's Texas Football and Extension of Republic of Football. My name is Mike Craven, your host. Joined here, as always, with our small college expert, Corey Hogue. Corey, how you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. I tell you, last week was just chaos. Our entire small college sub-FBS world went into us in just about every conference last week. So, hey, a lot of fun to talk about, huh? Yeah, it's that weird time of year where uh, I, I can't speak for you, but I kind of hit a wall around around this time. You know, it's that halfway point of the regular season at the FBS level, and so you're really tired, but you still have as much time to go. You start looking at those uh, – Road trips coming up, get a little bit uh, short with your loved ones and things of that nature, get a little frustrated. <laughs> so I'm kind of right in the middle of the season, uh, kind of a wall here right now. But uh, yeah, like you said, a, an incredible week at the sub-FBS level. At the FBS level, it was pretty chalky uh, this last week. So nothing too interesting up there, but plenty to talk about here. Uh, for people who are new, we, we kind of review uh, three or four games from the previous week. That would be week six. And then at the end, we'll preview three or four games from the upcoming week, which will be week seven here at the uh, sub-FBS level. Division three, division two, JUCOs, all that kind of stuff is on the table. We will start with our review in the FCS ranks as Texas A&M Commerce moves to three and two with the 31-28 win over nationally ranked Southeastern Louisiana, a Southeastern Louisiana team that had beat Incarnate Word earlier in the year. Uh, the Lions uh, scored 14 points, or the Texas A&M Commerce Lions. I guess I should. I gotta. I, I have to separate that. I kind of just forgot both of them have the same mascot. Commerce scored the first 14 points of the third quarter to build a 10 point lead, and that ended up being enough cushion. They won the game by three. Quarterback Eric Rodriguez threw 374 yards and four touchdowns. Wide receivers Andrew Armstrong and Kennedy Snell combined for 14 catches for 263 yards. And three touchdowns, the defense scored, or forced six punts and two turnovers on downs. Corey, on a scale of one to ten, how much of a shocker was this one for Commerce? Oh, this was a ten. This was off the charts a shock. And the team that benefits the most from this is actually UIW, because now they're in the lead in the Southland Conference, because Southeastern has now lost two in a, two conference games in a row. UIW controls their own fate. We could we talk about commerce being in this discussion? Sure, but not this year because they're in transition. So if they win the conference title, they don't get the automatic bid. Uh, look, I, I I have to stop. It's time, commerce, that I give you some respect. I owe you an apology. I, I the defense has been really good. They're above average. They've been really solid. They were in this game. I did not see this offensive performance. I Eric Rodriguez was tremendous. He was so efficient, accurate. He's top passer. He was the top rusher on the team. It's an area they want to get figured out. They want to get their running game figured out and not have your quarterback, your leading rusher. But he 
he is doing spectacular things coming back from that ankle injury. He's playing with a lot of confidence. And um, they had kind of a mass exodus of some players a few weeks ago, one of those being Jagger LaRoe. And since then, you kind of kind of get a different feeling about Texas A&M Commerce, not saying that, that Jagger or anyone who left was was causing problems or were a problem. It's just sometimes things don't always mix right, and it seems that they've gotten the right mix there. And first year of transition, I no one saw that coming except Texas A&M Commerce. And so, you know, this week now becomes big. Like, what do you do? You're going to McNeese. How do you follow that up? Now we're expecting you to win. So, so that's also tough for a team that's in transition. So, hey, look, Commerce, that's a great win. That's a program, a signature win, one that you can use on the recruiting trail. And, um, and it's really great. It's great to see it. It's great for David Bailiff and the whole staff. They've done a tremendous job. I worship at the altar of David Bailiff, as everybody who listens to this podcast knows. I call him the Kevin Bacon of Texas football coaching just because he knows everybody. Everybody knows him. What he did at Rice during a three-year period earlier in the 2010s decade deserves a statue. I mean, he won eight, nine, ten games at Rice, won a conference championship, all that kind of stuff. The dude can coach. Yeah. He knows, And he knows how to coach at places where you have to do more with less. And you have to do that at the FCS ranks. You have to do that during transition periods where you're still trying to figure out scholarships and catch up to everybody. Like you mentioned, the mass exodus. And, yeah, I, I don't want to disparage anybody or, or act like I know everything that's gone on in that locker room. However, if you can get everybody rowing on the same boat, if you have some guys who, who may be half in, half out, even if they're more talented, let's get them out of here and we'll just roll with the guys who really want to be here. It seems like Commerce has been able to do that, turn the corner, and they're playing really, really good football. And it's probably good for the rest of the whack that they're in that transition period because they're a contender. Well, they're yeah, they are a contender, but they're in the Southland. I'm oh, sorry, the Southland. Sorry. No, look, I know with all the, <laughs> there's even more talk of of uh, of realignment and stuff going on right now. Like, who knows where Commerce will be in two years? It's been it's been crazy and tough to follow, no doubt. But uh, yeah, David Bailiff is a tremendous coach, and I think sometimes. I ex- I didn't expect this from him because of what you were saying, the the resources and how tough it is with with you having less transitioning to FCS. You don't have a full set of scholarships yet. You have a lot of infrastructure and and things that needs to be brought up to a an FCS standard at Texas A and M Commerce. But you know that happens when you win. That that can happen a lot quicker. When you win and when you go on the road and you win a big game like that, that that gets the alumni going. And that's when the alumni will, will, you know, get into the pocketbook and help you out a bit. Moving to the WAC, we stay in the FCS ranks as SFA rebounds from a last minute loss against Sam Houston to hold off Abilene Christian 41 to 38. Jack's kicker Chris Campos hit a 51 yard field goal as time expired to win it. ACU had more first downs, rushing yards, passing yards, and fewer turnovers, but SFA was 5 for 5 in the red zone and didn't miss a field goal. ACU was 4 of 5 in the red zone and missed two field goals. Corey, let's let's start with the SFA side of this first. How impressive are you that SFA was able to bounce back from that heartbreaking loss against Sam Houston and everything that that game entailed, everything that that week asked out of those players to come back and not only win 
but to win a dogfight late and kind of be the Sam Houston of this equation this week. I, I'm, I'm really impressed, very impressed with what Stephen F. Austin did, but I'm not surprised. It's times like this is when Colby Carthel's at his best. Yeah. We talk how great a coach David Bailiff is. Colby Carthel's right there with him. And they both have that commerce connection now. You know, it, uh, Colby knew. He, he knew how to turn the page. He knew how to get his team refocused. He's been outstanding at this everywhere he's been. He just has that way of getting his team motivated. And this was one of the craziest finishes of the weekend. And I would say the craziest, but we have another one coming up that we're going to talk about in a little bit with Trinity. Uh, you have a 54 yard field goal attempt from Abilene Christian with five seconds remaining on the clock. The ball falls short. Xavier Gibson, of course, gets the ball, starts running it out. He's got a long lane to go. He gets across midfield, goes to cut back and may have had, he had a lane. He may have had a touchdown on this. And then he gets brought down with a horse collar tackle. That's 15 yards. That's one untimed down. And instead of overtime, the Lumberjacks walk off with a tremendous victory. <laughs> Doesn't get a lot crazier than that. They've gone from the lowest of the low, and now they're at the highest of the high. And uh, this is, again, where Colby does great. He's going to bring his guys back and say, all right, just like last week, we have to refocus on this next week because it doesn't get any easier. And it's safe to say we talked about this a little bit. You know, SFA needs to win out. Yeah. Yeah, they, they do. To get uh, have any chance at the playoffs, they have to win out. And, again, it's not going to be easy. This week is another tough contest that we'll get into at home against the Tarleton team. But the thing that SFA has on their side is a 12-game home winning streak. And so they do really well at home. And on the road, it's not like they've been losing to bad teams. They're losing to FBS teams on the road and at neutral sites. So they need to win out. They know they need to win out. There's a lot of things for them to fix going forward. And it, like I said, the road doesn't get easy. They have to play Abilene Christian again. They're going to go to Abilene Christian at the end of the season in a game that actually counts in the conference standings. This game didn't even count in the conference standings, but if they wanted to make the playoffs, they had to win. It's going to be interesting to see how these next few weeks play out. We'll talk about the Abilene Christian team and kind of how they kind of come back from this uh, in the preview section a little bit later because they have another big game uh, coming up. Our last game that we're looking back to in week six is down at the D3 level. Corey alluded to it a little bit there. Trinity remained perfect on the year with a 23-20 win over Birmingham Southern. Tucker Horn hit Carter Self for a 43-yard touchdown pass with 13 seconds left in the game to give the Tigers a win. Horn threw for 320, 322 yards, and three receivers had at least 69 yards of receiving. Corey, I watched a little bit like the last 10 minutes of this just to see what, what happened yesterday. Insanity. Is this kind of a, a cause of concern for Trinity that they needed, you know, kind of this last second win or, you know, is a win a win at this point in the season, you just kind of win in advance and treat this like the playoffs the rest of the way out. Concerned about Trinity all season. And I I've not, I have let that be known and, and they're listening and they're watching and they're intent on proving me wrong. And I hope they do. I I'm still concerned. 
Uh, the offense is just not at the level that I, I expect them to be to compete at a national level, which is what their expectations are. In, they're a great team. When you put the expectations on a national level, that's when I start seeing the issues. It's a big win. Birmingham Southern's not a, a, a team by any means. They they went on the road last year, survived a close one against Birmingham Southern to win the conference, and then they went and gave Mary Hart Baylor everything they could handle. So definitely the the win, pulling it out, that says a lot of good things for Trinity, though. Like They are able to hang in there, execute when they had to, and if I'm Birmingham Southern, I'm going to, if I'm a fan of Birmingham, wondering why with 30 seconds left, I'm running a base defense, putting a linebacker on a wide receiver in the slot because he just abused that linebacker down the seam. He was wide open. Tucker Horn did a tremendous job, put that ball right in the basket for him. And um, congratulations to Trendy. Celebration that went on was epic. I I loved seeing the celebration after that touchdown. It, it was, and that's momentum they can ride going forward. And you know, they're still them to improve. That's the thing. Like we're still halfway through the season. Trinity has got plenty of time, so we'll see. We'll. See. But man, what a win that was for them! Yeah, big win, big win. Better than a loss, that's for sure. That's the yeah. thing, right? I think, and I'm guilty of this too, right? Where we see this close win against a team where maybe you're supposed to win by seven to 10 points. And it's like, oh, is it a cause of concern? And then every football coach will be like, dude, we won a football game. It's really hard to win a football game. Like it's better than losing one. We'll we'll worry about getting better after a win rather than having to figure it out after a loss. And so- Especially at the D3 level with them, because if they don't win, if they lose that game, Birmingham Southern's now in the driver's seat to win the SAA title. So Trinity needs that title. They need that automatic bid because if not, then they're getting into a what's known as a pool C, which is the at-large group in D3. And uh, residing in that pool C is already Harden Simmons. And <laughs> so there's other teams there too. So you want to avoid that. You want that automatic berth, no doubt. All right, let's move on to week seven with our preview section. Abilene Christian hosts Southern Utah on Saturday at 325 with the game on ESPN+. ACU is 4-2 and two following that heartbreaking loss to SFA in week six. The Thunderbirds are 3-3 three and three on a two-game losing streak following a two-point loss to a Tarleton State team. We'll talk about here in a little bit as well. Corey, we talked about how SFA had to put the Sam Houston loss in the background and how that can be hard to do. Can Abilene Christian do that again this week after that SFA loss against the Southern Utah team? That's absolutely game. <laughs> that's the question. That's what's going to be so interesting about this week. And it's ACU's homecoming. And by the way, last week it was Southeastern Louisiana's homecoming and you don't normally hear homecoming talked about on the college level too much because it's not necessarily they're picking a weak opponent like you see at high school. They're just picking an opponent. But AM Commerce felt jilted last week that, hey, we're what I get it. We're homecoming op uh, opponent, but we're not homecoming material, basically. And, and I think Southern Utah may use some of that this week against Abilene Christian. ACU Maverick MacGyver was really good last week. They dominated. You mentioned the stats. They dominated the stats. They were able to run the ball well. They were able to throw the ball well. You know, this is a big game for Keith Patterson. 
because this one they they went on and proved that they some of the best in the whack last week at SFA. Now you're at home. I I think if you're not even, you might even be favored a few points in this game. And being at home, you should, you probably expect to win this game. It is homecoming. You're going to have a little bit larger crowd than normal. You're going to have a lot more eyes on this game. You win this game. And again, it, it goes, that donor base gets excited. When the alumni gets excited, good things can start happening for a football program. A loss here, and it, it could really hurt in the long run. And the other thing is, you're at homecoming. You're, you're home. And you're going to have a lot of recruits coming into homecomings when everybody loves to have recruits come. You want to see the best of the university. Well, when recruits come, you want to win that game. And so that that's more importance on this game Saturday. Yeah, red zone offense hurt Adeline Christian a little bit uh, against SFA. They were able to move the ball up and down the field, uh, but, you know, settled for field goals, you know, didn't score on one of their red zone possessions. So need to capitalize on those in a close game. That can be can the difference between winning and losing is your red zone success, third down success, that kind of stuff. So uh, a big game, as you mentioned, for Adeline Christian. Let's move on to Tarleton. Tarleton travels to SFA. I feel like we've kind of had a, you know, it's like same teams here, you know, a lot of a lot of games back and forth. Tarleton travels to SFA for a 6 p.m. game on Saturday that airs on ESPN Plus. SFA only three and three, a team that we had really high expectations for. Three and three right now after a rebound win over ACU. Tarleton four and one with its only loss coming to FBS undefeated TCU. This game starts. Uh, a pretty tough stretch uh, for Tarleton. They got a, they got a pretty hard conference stuff coming down the pipe here. Uh, can the Texans make some real noise here in the WAC? Yes, yes, they can. If this team was not in a transition year, they would be a true threat for the automatic bid uh, in the playoffs this year. They are really, really talented. The offensive best of any unit in, in sub FBS in Texas. That offensive line is that good they've got Bo Allen he's really accurate great at passing the ball down the field Tarleton has got everything they need but Stephen F Austin's been on a whole nother level and I think that's part of what it is see we get a lot of the same teams right now conference play where where it's kind of like a little round robin all the time yeah, and so we're yeah. at the at that portion of the season and it's fun it, every week's gonna be a challenge and I promise you, the last time Colby Carthel does not forget coaches don't forget much Colby Carville doesn't forget a thing and he remembers last time Tarleton came into SFA as a D2 school and beating they gave them a bag I believe it was 2000 it was Carville's first year so I think it might have been 2018 or 2019 yeah and um and so he knows he's going to remind them and by the way a lot of those players on SFA's team now were on that team back then, so they will remember what happened last time Tarleton came. So getting them ready to go, that's not going to be a problem this week. And, and then you got Todd Whitten on the other side, a guy who's got his connections to SF and um, done a great job at Tarleton. You know, it, it's interesting to me, Mike. He, he, was, he was rumored to be on a hot seat come – and it made no sense to me why a, a coach in transition who's done as well as he has would be on a hot seat. And all he's done is respond. I'm sure he, he felt some of that or heard some of that. 
they responded by getting even better. And that's that's good to see. Todd Whitten's a great coach, and he's going to have them ready to go. That game right there is by far the game of the week, and I'm really excited to see what happens. Call me crazy if what I'm about to say is wrong, but I almost feel like Tarleton's the favorite here just because that offensive line going up against an SFA front seven that hasn't been all that great this year during their defensive change and philosophy and stuff with the new coordinator. It feels like the strength of Tarleton matches up perfectly with the weakness of SFA, and they can really take advantage of that if SFA doesn't just explosive offense their way to just 50 points or something. No, I, I, I agree with you. They could be. Could they be? Yes. Are they? I don't know that Tarleton is. The main thing is we look at SFA's record. They're three and three, but those three losses are to three FBS teams. Louisiana Tech, Sam Houston, Jacksonville State. I don't know that they were expected. They, We put too much on them. We expected them to win those. I don't know that in reality they should have been expected to win those games. So that's one of the things that, that I kind of look at there. I know, you know, Bill Connolly has Stephen F. Austin as an eight-point favorite uh, this week on his SP+. And, and so, uh, you know... That might be a little bit high. I would I would say that I, SFA would be about a three point favorite, which is a you understand that means they're about as even as they can come right now heading yeah. into this game. Yeah. All right, the last one we're looking at for week seven. It still feels weird to say week seven. The undefeated Texas A and M Corpus Christi Havelinas host UT Permian Basin on Saturday night at seven p.m. Permian Basin is three and three following a seven point win over Simon Frazier. Corey, we're all waiting for the week eight game between Angelo state and Kingsville on October 22nd in San Angelo. So is this a trap game for the Havelinas? Every game is a trap game in the Lone Star Conference. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. What you talk about chaos. This has been chaos from the start. Uh, we're not talking today but hey tyler beat number one in new mexico military threw that all into chaos finally one of us got him we finally say it, it it just welcome to the club you know that's what the lone star conference is, is just straight chaos right now and permian is a team capable of going and beating the javelinas but Permian is one of the most inconsistent teams I have seen in a long time. You survive in overtime at home. A team that we we all know Midwestern State beat them a few weeks ago, 77 to nothing. They've gotten better, but they're not that much better at this point. Like That's a game Permian needed to handle. So where they're at mentally, I have no idea. Kingsville hosted a a dangerous Western New Mexico. I, I think we got to give a Western New Mexico and Philip V Hill, who was an assistant at Colby Carthel a few years ago with Colby Carthel at SFA a few years ago. I give him credit. He has built this team. He has gone out and totally reshaped this roster. That is a very solid Western New Mexico team. They gave Kingsville a run and hopefully last week is an eye opener because it doesn't get easier for Kingsville. You've got Permian. That's got a pretty good defense coming in. And then you've got Angelo State. You could not look ahead to that game. And because that's the one that it, 
I, I don't know that they're on the same level as Angelo yet. That's what I'm waiting on the Javelinas to prove to me. Are you at the same level as Angelo State? This week could go a long ways to show me they belong, you know, with, before they meet, belong on that field there next week. All righty. That is our week six, week six review, week seven preview. We're moving right along, man. You know, like it feels like each week uh, is just going. It's like a it's like a snowball going downhill in a cartoon. You know, like it just it gets a little bit faster and faster each week. And so, you know, pretty soon we'll be doing playoff edition of this thing. So uh, enjoy like you. You were talking about the wall. It's that as the snowball gets bigger and bigger, the wall gets bigger and bigger <laughs> that you run into every week too. Yeah. So, so I'm definitely feeling that wall this week. It's it's been a, it's been crazy around here. Yeah, nobody likes to hear sports writers complain for obvious reasons. I <laughs> yeah, I also no. don't like to hear sports writers complain for obvious reasons. The one thing that is hard, and I will say, like we don't have nine to five jobs. I, I don't pick up trash. I don't build buildings. I'm not a police officer. I understand that there there are plenty of jobs out there, much more difficult, and and, and all that kind of stuff than mine. The hard part for me is once you get into the middle of the year, and we travel so much to games that Sunday, you know, I do the Republic of Football podcast for the FBS stuff, the review uh, podcast, and then I write kind of a thoughts piece or whatever. And so, and then it's like, oh, I can enjoy my weekend. Hmm. Well, that weekend starts at Sunday at 4 p.m. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, you know, and, and, then, <laughs> and, and then like, you don't even have time for the Sunday scaries to set in because it's already just the new week. Like you might as well just start, start working again, you know? And so we have uh, things to do on Sunday. There, there is no weekend day right. for us, you know, right. and that's, uh, for me, a lot of times I'm going on Thursday and Friday night with a lot of high schools. And then Saturday, of course, is college. And look, I, I don't tell them, no, I go cover the Cowboys home games, too, right. which means that that just adds more onto my travel and more onto my weekends a lot of times. And, you know, last weekend I, I was at a game that's received a lot of attention statewide on Friday night. And um, normally I, I was telling my wife yesterday, normally I'm ready to move forward about about monday like i'm starting to to the next week and i can't do this week it it, last week is still uh taking up so much of my time that i'm I'm, the wall is even greater right now because i'm trying to i'm trying to get through and move on to this week and everybody still wanted to talk about you know the horrible scene at grab last week and rightfully so that's what they should you know, that's what they do. But normally even fans move on like that. That helps yeah. us move on. Right. The right. fans go, oh, week's over. Let's get ready for the next one. Uh, this week is one of those. There, it, it just doesn't work that way. And, and I think that makes it a little bit harder. But listen, we could I, I'll sit here and complain and I will tell you, I've got the best job in the world. I get to oh, easy. football. Yeah. About football. I have seen a worse job. I've done worse. Jobs. <laughs> the United States Army for 11 and a half years and and serve some time in combat. So I know, I know what that side's like. I'm really thankful, but I start complaining. Sometimes I have to sit back and go, you know, at one point you were fighting a war in Iraq and you had no air conditioning <laughs> in 120, 130 degree summers. So, so yeah, life, life's not so bad around here for Corey. Oak. <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. I, I just think the key is uh, finding some balance finding some things to do outside of work and it just can get harder and harder as the season goes on to force yourself to go do 
those fun things. And that's true for coaches and players as well. I talked to oh, a yes. lot of coaches, coaches and a lot of players who talk about the same difficulty around mid-October into November, where it becomes so all-encompassing that you forget you like to go play golf or you like to go play cards with your friends or you like to sit for four hours and play Call of Duty or whatever people do uh, to unwind. Uh, it's important, you know, mental health wise to just keep doing that, take a step back from it. And remember that football is not the end all be all of just life because this is just a fun job to have. It, it is. And Joe Austin of Southwestern mentioned that beautifully in his coaches show last week that, you know, this is why a lot of coaches love to have a bye game around middle October, end October, early November, because this is this is kind of what baseball likes to call the dog days. This is the yeah. dog days of football right now. And like he said, they go, coaches go non-stop. And so when they get that bye week, it gives them a chance to go watch a soccer game, a kid's soccer game, or, you know, spend some time with their family and get around. You and I, we we could say, hey, I'm going to go watch this real quick. Uh, it, does it put a kind of, is our time tough? Yes, but not near as tough as like what a coach and a player does. So, you're right. They go so hard, so fast it's for so long that these bye weeks for them are huge. And I think you saw it from the FBS side last week with the UTEP. It came one week too late. They just hit yeah. that wall last week. Yeah. That week zero game really caught up, uh, really caught up to UTEP. I'm, I'm still looking forward to that first UTEP Sam Houston game, just like the battle of cultures, you know, East Texas compared to El Paso. The fact that that's in the same state as somebody who's, spent a decent amount of time in Huntsville for, you know, and then a decent amount of time in El Paso. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you could not convince most people that that's the same state. <laughs> I mean, you'd have a hard time convincing people that's the same planet. Uh, it is like not only just culturally, but just like geographically and just like yeah. the trees and just how everything looks. That's going to be a, a fun budding rivalry there. What uh, I find fun about that is I want to know who my son's going to pick. His two favorite colors are blue and orange. They're yeah. both blue and orange. So, hey, who's going to win out on that one? That's going to be interesting to me. I <laughs> will by say the way, he loved his trip to the Piney Woods a couple weeks ago. He still likes to try to call them Tiny Woods. <laughs> I don't know that he's understood the P. Right. But uh, that drive home, five smelling the pine trees, yeah. that was nice. That was yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, they are not tiny trees. No, we... they're not. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, we put up the Texas 47 right before we started uh, recording this. So if you're listening to it, that is up again. That that puts every all 47. I, I know that's not a typo. We have 47 soon programs. To 48. Soon to be 48. Uh, that's oh god soon to be 48 <laughs> that play college football in the state of texas soon to be 13 to play fbs football which is insane um it puts them all into tears from championship to conference contenders stock rising stock falling staying steady basement everywhere in between go look to see where your team is where your rivals are compare and contrast yell at us on social media we are all here for it it's subjective we realize that it is not at all gospel so uh plenty of room to argue with us on that one we will be back here again tuesday next week to talk about week seven and preview week eight please like and subscribe and download and five star all that stuff you all know how to do podcasts at this point it's 2022 Corey, do you, i i am uh out of touch with nfl football let's put it that way i i probably haven't watched more than five snaps of nfl football in the last few years probably 
Yeah, are the Cowboys at home this week? Do you have do you have a home home game? No, this week? thankfully this week they are not at home. Uh, they had a few weeks in a row there at home. They they were at home on that Sunday night, and then they had a, you know another home game the next week with Cooper Rush. Then they were gone on the road to the Giants. Now then they were back home. So it's nice to have a couple weeks in a row there in Philadelphia Sunday night. But uh, just uh, I know you don't watch it, but my goodness, that defense. They're fun to watch. And Micah I, Parsons and that group, man, they are it, – it's the whole group. It's not just Micah. They're good. I wanted I, – I realize now that I need to clarify this. I don't watch – I don't not watch the NFL for any weird, stupid political <laughs> stuff or anything like that. I don't watch it because by the time Sunday rolls around, I am so football overdosed that the last thing I want to do is watch more football unless it's watching college games that I need to catch up for, for the weekend. And so I just never get around to it. I don't play fantasy football. And so I just, I just don't, I just never get around to it. Uh, my wife plays fantasy football and uh, which means I was tapped as the general manager. So I get that. But you on the side as you well, play man. fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gamble too much on games to, to do the fantasy thing. Like, yeah. I, uh, it was about five years ago. I realized, okay, I got like $30 on this team to win, but I need this other wide receiver to gain a hundred yard. Like it just became, <laughs> it became too many things to root for and against. And so I gave it up and I've been happier ever since. Well, I uh, have to deal with a, an angry owner every week. We don't win. So, you know, there's that. Going. That's true. That's true. Your boss is very close to home, <laughs> yes, very close is. to home. So, all right, sir. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Uh, enjoy all the games, and we will talk again on Tuesday. Thank you, you too. And hey, Texas football today, we're still coming for you. We are, we're still coming for you, slowly but surely. All right, see you later.